I think that Comac Vetus is a DILF. Start your sublight engines, it's time for RuPalp's Pod Race, a queer Star Wars podcast. Welcome back to another week of chaos. My name is Mel, I use they them pronouns. You can find me on TikTok at Grunkle Rex. And call me Elzar Man because my gender this week is Avar Chris me on the mouth? I guess that works. I'm a really big fan of that, actually. Um, my name is Ollie, I use any pronouns. Um, you can find me on social media at Ollie Fresh, it's fresh with a PH. And my gender this week is actually the Chris Ascendancy. Um, which is a, pla- a system of planets that is built, uh, has built a government entirely on their love for Avar Chris. That's where Thrawn's from, you know? <laughs> As he should be. Everyone like- stands Avar. I do like Avar stand Thrawn. I think that's very powerful. He writes like Hamilton about Avar. Like the Star Wars version of Hamilton is... <laughs> Get out. Like, once again, M- M- Myth Manuel Miranda <laughs> strikes again. I'm Jess... <laughs> My pronouns are they, them. You can find me on social media at Kawaii Jessio. And my agenda this week is Mark, come get your damn dog, bitch. Mark has a Martian room. <laughs> Mark's like, people are like, get your dog back. And he looks at them dead in the eyes and is like, it bites. And they're uh, like, yes, it do. <laughs> my name is Noah. I go by he, him pronouns. You can find me on TikTok at the Jewish Jedi. And my gender this week is Lord's hit single, The Paths, featuring Mari Santeca. Uh, this episode, we're going to be talking about the High Republic. We're going to be talking about it in a non-spoilery capacity, uh, kind of like pitching it to folks who haven't uh, read the High Republic, don't know much about it. Maybe you didn't listen to the Rogue Ones because you're like, oh, I don't want spoilers. Um, but before we get into that, the Book of Boba Fett trailer did drop Monday. How are we feeling, besties? I am really excited for it. Um, largely because I'm really happy to see that it looks like Boba and Fennec are going to get to have a story largely independent of Din. Because I did have like a small thing in the back of my mind where I was like, please don't make this into like Mandalorian season three. Um, I'm really pumped for it, though. I liked all of like the cool characters we got to see. And honestly, like... My thing with Star Wars is I feel like it never gets intimate with like the socio-political landscape of individual planets. And so I like that it seems they're going to be like, we're going to talk about Tatooine, like the whole thing going on in that planet. And I'm actually excited for that because like we don't get a lot of intimate knowledge about individual planets in Star Wars. And I'm pumped to see that sand world. Just give it its all. Go girl, give us everything. Thank you, Tatooine. Yeah, I'm also very excited. I think it looks really interesting just like from... A story perspective uh i have don't really know what it's going to be about i assume it's going to be about boba and fennec being like let's make this planet less shitty which i think is very exciting i do like the idea um of there's some pipeline there to an of anakin being like this planet sucks and then boba fett being like actually i'm fixing it anyway I do like the idea that Book of Boba Fett is not even like about him being a bounty hunter. It's like him running in the mayoral race. Like he's like vote Boba Fett for governor of this area. It's, it's him against those other um those other like guys he was talking to in the trailer, you know, like the the Trandoshans and the other guy who I, I don't remember what kind of The Authorian. Not the Authorian, the other guy who was just the scary like, dog man. This yeah, the scary dog man. Speaking uh, of the Trandoshan, sorry, the fucking Trandoshan's like wearing like a little sweater moment. I don't know if you guys noticed in the trailer. 
I love canon sweaters because now we have cable knit from the Mandalorian and whatever the fuck that motherfucker has going on in Book of Boba Fett. I'm very excited. Anyways. Finally, Star Wars can have comfy fall fashion. The representation we deserve. Yeah, I'm also very excited as one of the two resident Boba Fett stands on this podcast. I just, yes, I, I want to see what the hell is going on with him and Fennec and their like cool underworld quest book um and yeah i i hope other cool fun people show up like boss because we did see those other trend oceans what if boss calls was a sweater sorry i just had a moment boss with a new fit is very powerful because he has been wearing the exact same outfit for like well so at that fennec. point like almost like like 30 years so i would yeah fennec too like, 30 years, same outfit. Oh my god, that's why Bobo likes her so much. She's like, you remind me of one of the people who helped raise me. And she's like, oh, is it because, like, I'm nurturing? Or is it because I'm not really that nurturing? He's like, no, it's because you've been wearing the same outfit since I met you. <laughs> she's just like, well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I like the idea of us getting to see a scene of Fennec Shand. Like, she wakes up in the morning. Fucking, uh, what is the song called? I think it's, like, called... Give me one second. I have to... I have a very specific song stuck in my head that I think it'd be funny if Fennec Shand was listening to. Yeah. Sunny by, uh, Boney M. The fucking... Give me a second. Anyways, the idea of her waking up, listening to that, and then opening her closet, and it's just 18 of the same outfit. <laughs> She's like, I wonder which one. That's Mel, to me. I've never needed a scene in Star Wars more in my fucking life, because one, that song is a jam, but two, the idea that Fennec has, like, an Elle Woods-style wake-up montage, where, like, the radio automatically comes on, and she's like, blissfully coming alive in the morning i love and then she walks into boba's room to do his eyebrows and then she goes about her day okay also i will add it is extremely funny to me that fennec is like everyone makes fun of me all my life because i've always worn the same outfit and then she meets boba fett and a bunch of mandalorians and she's like see they do that because <laughs> they all have their armor they wear the same you know like they wear the same thing get it the idea of the idea of fennec <laughs> Like, finally, a community that accepts me for what I am. Speaking of um, Boba Fett and, like, his armor, it has, like, changed slightly since, like, the Mandalorian season two, which is, like, pretty epic. But then also, I just want to, like, bring up the little pit droid that handed him his helmet in the beginning of the trailer, because I've been thinking about that little motherfucker. (laughs) Oh, pit droids, my beloved. The parallels in that beginning scene in the trailer where he's, like, holding the helmet... And then puts it on to the scene in Attack of the Clones where his father has been decapitated in a fashion. A fashion. In a passion. <laughs> passion for fashion. Jango Fett. I mean, um, everything Jango Fett did was in a fashion. Period. So I just love that. The idea that this show is going to give me any more Jango content. Um, because I'm firmly in the camp that <laughs> Jango was a good dad to Boba. Uh, I just want to see more of that. But yeah, I completely agree. Also, I'm very excited for the Tuscan Raider content. Um, the Tuscans, my beloved, I will I will enter my problem era simply because the combination of seeing Fennec Shand like get to have like a character arc and the Tuscans, my besties. Oh, oh, it's over. It's over. 
just thinking like Boba and the Tuscans both having like marginalized um, people similarities. <laughs> Sorry, I, I was forgetting the words I wanted to use. I feel like these are not the correct words. I think there's, I, I think the word you're looking for is both have beef with Anakin Skywalker. But, yeah, you're right. So true, Bestie. <laughs> Sorry. I like the solidarity, the handshake meme. It's Boba Fett. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's not even like Anakin Skywalker, it's just a Skywalker. <laughs> the Tuscans and Boba having beef with a Skywalker. So true, bestie. To be fair, Boba does have beef with Anakin specifically, because when he did try to crash that st- that Star Destroyer that Mace Windu was on, Anakin did help stop him. So yeah, but I think Anakin's son but he wasn't like really like Sarlacc, so I know. Okay, I know, but it's for the jo- it's for the jokey joke. The Tuscans also have beef with Luke. To be fair, as they should. Remember when one of them just it's was just- like, "Hey, Twink," and then beat the shit out of him. I'm Ow! just saying. I like to. I I want to know more about like Din learning their language and like learning to be a part, like a little bit a part of them. I like the idea that the first phrase they teach him is, "Hey, Twink." They're like, "You look like the type of guy who could use this." Here's how to say this when you go to bars. <laughs> We're going to be talking non-spoilery for this first segment. Um, we're basically pitching the High Republic to you if you have not already read or um, I was going to say watched, but there's nothing really to watch besides like the YouTube videos. Listened to maybe um, like Tempest Runner uh, because you should because it's very good. Um, something that I think is really nice about the High Republic is for a lot of people who really enjoy the concept of the Jedi Order it, it really gives us a lot there. Because I think something that I know as someone who really enjoys the prequel era, I really like the idea of the Order, but where we see it is almost like it's at its most flawed. And the question is like, is that the fault of the individual Jedi? Is it the fault of them being controlled? Like the Senate having too much power in their operations? Is it the fault of the council themselves? Like, what's the deal? The High Republic really gives a lot of insight into where they are. And it also shows like, here's why people love the Jedi so much. And here's why the Jedi were so revered. It, you know, here's when the Jedi were like universally epic. I also think one of the things that I like about the High Republic is um, whenever you try to expand a beloved universe, uh, people tend to think that the reason that people like that universe is for like the characters but like i'm not reading the higher public to be like is there going to be a mention of a great skywalker ancestor like the authors that were a part of it seem to really nicely realize that like the universe of star wars itself is interesting to explore and like honestly um it took some like pushing on um other people's part to get me to actually like read the rest of the higher public like i read light of the jedi and i was like that's good enough um, but once you get into it, it sort of burns its way into your brain. And now I have brain worms from all the characters in this because they're great. Thematically, the way that it explores what exactly the Force is and like what it means to be like a good Jedi is really refreshing from the way that a lot of other Star Wars media tries, in my opinion, fails to do that. Like, I believe a lot of the arguments that characters have in the High Republic is being valid on all sides. Whereas in the other ones, I'm like, Anakin girl, shut up. <laughs> you have nothing to say. Yeah, I agree with like a lot of what like Noah and Ali said about like reasons to get into the High Republic. They just have such like a, a good diverse like cast of, of characters that like you think like, oh, I'm not really into this one character, but then there could be like five others that you really vibe with. I will always <laughs> take any opportunity to talk about how great Vern is because she's very epic. But uh, there's other characters and they're all, like I said, diverse because it's not all just like, no offense, 
to the Skywalkers, but like, you know, like white people. But um, yeah, there's like not even just like just different like um skin tone race like humans, but like a bunch of epic like non-human like characters too that exist in this like this era of of Star Wars and I love all of them. Well that's not true. Marcia and Ro meet me in the pit. Um I completely agree, Jess. I I think the diversity within the High Republic is one of its strong suits and it was really what drew me to it because um hot take I'm not like a huge fan of the Jedi or like really interested in them in any capacity the force however I am super interested in so that was a big selling point also it was like oh an exploration of the force beyond force users because that's something that is talked about in the book um Jordana Sparkburn hey girly yeah like just getting to see see where all the melanin was in Star Wars, which unfortunately was apparently 200 years before the Skywalker saga, and then it was like, oh, white people. I don't know. It's really refreshing. I really enjoy it. Um, this morning, there was some art um, revealed for some characters in Mission to Disaster, and specifically um, one, I think his name is uh, Yasik, uh, Yasik Sparkburn. The the joy, the little hee-hee-hee-hee-hee I had at my desk um, of, like, looking through that art and being like, oh, there is, like, a white woman here, sure, but, like, hey, King, like, we have brown people who are just, like, thriving, and I was just, yeah, it's a, a pleasant little surprise to see people of color. It's like, <laughs> there's also a lot of, like, gay people. Um, there's not, like, it, it really does feel like, like, there's a significant amount of people who are members of, like, the LGBTQ community, and it, like there are characters there's more than one character that uses they them pronouns there's i believe three which is very exciting to be fair two of them do have kind of a communal gender happening but they, that, that they do um, it's our they them pearl <laughs> yeah, they are they them plural um Tarek and Sarah, love you guys truly um but there's a lot of that there's like two canonically like um asexual characters there are one of the books has like one of the lead pov characters is a lesbian like there is a there's a gay couple in uh <laughs> light of the jedi and in the rising storm and in the rising storm yeah and um one of the main pov characters is some form of man loving man so we will we'll see where that story takes him but yeah no there's a lot of gay people a lot of like racial diversity and a lot of just like not to be that person but there is a lot of diversity of thought there's a lot of different perspectives on the galaxy on the republic on what the jedi order is and like you know what the outreach of the republic means and like all that stuff it's really really entertaining and i get very worried as someone who is very like i enjoy a character driven moment and a lot of my um, love for Star Wars is because I love the characters. And I was very worried getting into the High Republic that I was not going to be able to get into it because I didn't know anyone. And that was quickly proven to be untrue. Besides, like, the Jedi, even though the, the High Republic era has made me be like, wow, the Jedi are so epic. Uh, there are, like, other characters in this that are, like, important that are, like, not Jedi. So if you're, like a person who's not super interested in the Jedi stuff. There are characters for you out there in the High Republic too. Also, the Nihil, who are, like, the kind of main antagonists of this, like, story, they're 
even though they are kind of e like because they are evil in the sense since they are the antagonists, they are also very epic and interesting. I feel like fleshed out villains to this. On the um the villains note, I'm not gonna say too much because part of the fun of this character in particular is like having an oh shit moment when like they actually become a very interesting villain. But I feel like when I was watching um, the sequels come out and they were like, this is Kyle and he's evil. I was like, he is nothing. He's just an angry guy from your like poly lecture. Like I don't, it means nothing to me. And I don't know, like, and the same with Snoke. I was just like, okay, he's some dude. He's a guy. The villains in the High Republic, one, do bring genuine fear and anger into my body, like viscerally whenever I'm reading about them, but also they're interesting and they're better developed and their motivations are really like cool to learn about, especially Miss Lorna D, my icon. <laughs> but I like that a lot because it um you actually sort of get tension when they're in a room with another character because you believe that they're capable of doing bad shit. And on that note, uh, something that is interesting about Star Wars is that when you're watching the originals and the prequels and whatnot, you can have a sort of situational awareness of who lives and dies and when, because you know if those characters made it to the next series or somewhere else, like where they're going to be. But in the High Republic, there's only like three characters that will ever appear in the later pieces of media. So literally, it's anybody's guess as to who survives and doesn't. And I, at first, reading this, I was like, it's fine. They would never harm any of these characters. And I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, if you like, um, just kind of like a wump fest, you will enjoy, you will enjoy the High Republic books, because it's like, you, you get to some real highs in the rising storm, and then it becomes to a crashing halt and like a massive eight car car wreck. Um, I like <laughs> spoilers for the rising storm there's an eight car car wreck <laughs> um no but i i i tend to agree um with you noah i think also the crux of like kylo ren's character has to do with the fact that he's conflicted about what he's doing right because he's like oh like i'm evil but like what's up um <laughs> uh but for the the villains in the high republic they're like no actually fuck this i'm Get to fuck around and find out, and you will too. Yeah, like the villains in the High Republic, like because I do, I enjoy a conflicted villain, um, but these guys are not. They they have conflict, but it's a different sort. Like the main villains of the High Republic are like, hee hee, I want to hurt people on purpose, <laughs> and they're like, for why? It, like, oh well, they're just trying to prove a point. Like they're not proving a point. They're like indiscriminately hurting random civilians. So it's like it's it's very actually refreshing to see a villain who I'm like I am enjoying hating you, and I don't have to think too hard about your motives. Like it, ultimately, you're just a evil, weird little person, and I love that. I will also say, just as a comic enjoyer. Um, the higher public comics are very, very well drawn and well written, but like they're just nice to look at, and I appreciate that. They have really good art. On a bit of a spoilery note, uh, I walked into the higher public comics being like, they're comics, so everything in here will be fine and dandy because it's it's comics, it, it'll be okay. And then they were like worse. 
than the books in terms of trauma. I was like, damn, never mind. And that's another thing I actually really enjoy about The High Republic is that it feels so intertwined and interactive almost, where you're like, you're looking, you're seeing these things through different forms of media and, you know, having that uncertainty of like, where the fuck is this going? That makes it really fun. I, I really love the comics. I especially love The High Republic Adventures. I just think that they're very charming. I can't wait for the Cantum Psy book. It's a blog bake-off. There's something that did throw me off when I was getting into this series was that pretty much all of the books write from this uh, standpoint of um, having multiple perspectives like minute to minute. So you're jumping around in location but not in time. Um, which at first was disorienting but once you get used to it is a really cool method of storytelling um, that I thought was fun. So yeah. Just like as an awareness thing because like reading The Light of the Jedi I was like how many minutes have passed by chapter 12 and it's like I don't know maybe seven or maybe like a couple days it's unclear. I actually um, really liked the different perspectives. It was I've always found that kind of like method of like storytelling like very fun and interesting not to pull a, like a Claudia and bring up something else that's not Star Wars but like my favorite anime is called Dorarara and they have that kind of like moment of like all kind of telling the same story but from all these different characters perspectives and it all like you know is interconnected and you see like wow this is such a fucked up story <laughs> Not that the, the High Republic is nothing like the Roman but just that kind of storytelling I've always really enjoyed. But it does get really confusing for, for people, I guess. Yeah, I think also something I really like about the High Republic and having like that, that switch of characters is one, um, we do get like a high like highlights of like non-Jedi characters, like just like people living in the world and the world just feels, like I said, super lived in. I also just love the High Republic uh, for their their authors as well because this does feel like five authors got together, have their Star Wars OCs, and are just like kind of trading them around as they tell different stories uh, that become this larger entity. And I am obsessed with that. I like the idea that the High Republic was essentially like they did a D and D campaign, but they wrote it down the entire time, and they're like, "All right, here we are. <laughs> Everybody, go write a book." I think it's it's cool that characters experience the permanence of death i don't know what i mean by that but like care okay actually i do character death in the higher public feels like it actually has weight uh and like it actually does sit with you afterwards like i i'm not even kidding i finished the fucking <laughs> the rising storm and i had to call mel and be like what the fuck just happened to me like and i thought about it for like a while because the events of that book are like genuinely it the the characters matter to you but when they die you actually are like oh someone has just passed not like oh my god like i got impaled that's crazy a spoilery thing that um, i have a couple like spoilery 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 words things that um i liked like uh one freaking Vern and versus em emory <laughs> and emory being like don't get in my way, Vern. I'm, I'm going to go to the dark side. I'm going to get vengeance for my master passing away. And Vern being like, no, you ain't. And, uh, you know, like um, beating up Imri to get him to stop. Uh, another thing I really liked was, this is messed up to say. I, 
I just thought the really interesting part with like Marshall and Roe when it was revealed that he's like the one who actually killed his own father. Because <laughs> you know, Light of the Jedi, when he's just like, Who killed my dad? It's like that <laughs> Eric Andre meme where he shoots the guy, just like, Who did this? <laughs> That's Mark killing his own dad and then being like, who did this? I appreciate you telling which uh, Eric Andre bit because for some reason in my head immediately went to the Eric Andre bit where he kisses a cop directly in the mouth. <laughs> and I was like, mm-hmm. it's so Love funny because mine went, mine went to the Eric Andre bit where he was trying to buy a car and he was wearing a <laughs> trench coat. <laughs> that is how that's like- tries to walk through a store with a bunch of clones of himself that are taped together. <laughs> no, that's- Ollie, that's Keevan and and Derek trying to join the Nile. Um, something I really like about the High Republic is like, like I kind of said earlier, the investigation into non Jedi life in the Star Wars universe. Um, I really in Tempest Runner specifically, getting to kind of look at the way that the prison industrial complex. I said industrial weird because I'm not, I have a lot of thoughts about prisons in Star Wars and specifically in the higher public era because I think that they're different than how they are um, after. But also, I don't, like, I think about Migs Mayfeld's experience as someone who's incarcerated and I also think about Lorna D's experience as someone who's incarcerated. First of all, Lorna had a different experience because she was also a former slave. So she has some shit going on. Um, just prior trauma. Makes Mayfield's just Bill Burr. So I guess that's a marginalized identity. Uh, he Burr. might he might deserve to be in prison he though. He might deserve to be in prison. I mean, here's the thing. Lorna D has killed a lot of people, but Makes Mayfield is played by Bill Burr. So Listen, I'm a prison abolitionist, but for Bill Burr, for you, girly. But I, I just think it's like really interesting to look at those kind of things that I, I feel like it's a great time to explore these ideas. I could talk about Tempest Runner at length, but I won't lie. I listened to it in August and I'm in the middle of a re-listen to it right now. And I just got to the part where um, Quinn gets uh, reintroduced. And I was just like, damn. First of all, Tempest Runner, think- that's another thing I really like about the High Republic. They said, how about... There are so many women with deep and complex stories. Like, Lorna D feels like if Amy Dunn went full, full metal. Like, I know Amy Dunn went full metal, but, like, beyond what she did in Gone Girl. Lorna D is if Amy Dunn fully committed to the, like, that, that I think is a fair statement. Because, like, Amy Dunn killed one person, but what if she was like, why stop at what? Exactly. Uh, okay, okay. No, because here's my Lorna. Lorna commits her first murder, and the spectral ghost of Amy Dunn appears and is like, "Aren't you tired of being nice? Don't you want to go ape shit?" I was thinking fair. that she does the thing that Kylo Ren does in the in uh, the Last Jedi, where he's like, "More, more." <laughs> to be fair, I think that Lorna was never necessarily nice. I think she's always been kind of like <sighs> saying selfish feels wrong, but also like kind of self. Like she's just a mean woman who started at a, from a place of like position of entitlement and power got that stripped away from her and said actually i am a girl boss gonna get myself into the role of tempest runner real quick he i am a girl boss like my father before me no okay i don't know have you listened to tempest runner no okay so her father is in tempest runner and that's just very funny that you've said that 
because um spoiler <laughs> spoiler she does let him die by firing squad they literally do get roman offed like literally it's it's it literally exactly they get roman offed and she's like the the anastasia the animated movie anastasia but it's starring lorna stasia now i'm thinking about her freaking mandalorian armor i want to know so badly where she oh. got that shit Mandalorna. Mandalorna, what are your story? I do like Goodwill Mando armor. I do like Thrifter Lorna D. Oh my god, okay, I do feel like Lorna D could be one of those like upscale thrifters who goes and buys things. She buys things that are too big for her at Goodwill and resells them for an inflated amount. I like that because like Pan Ada is like, that's kind (laughs) of fucked up that you do that. And she's like, no, it's not. she's fully on that ship and her the other like nihil are like where do you get all this extra money from like we don't rob this consistently and she's like i run a really popular depop account i like the idea of her running into fucking Sylvestri and fucking <laughs> Sylvestri and jordana and <laughs> she's like did you get that from my depop girly <laughs> here's the thing though you have brought up her connection with Sylvestri. um I do think there's. it is very funny. I love Lorna D. I do think that there's a very funny moment in um, Out of the Shadows where uh, Sylvester Yarrow's mother... Did she explore Lorna D's body? We don't know. We can't tell because yeah. Sylvester Yarrow does... Yeah, okay, yeah. Sylvester does call, um, does call Lorna like Aunt Lorna. And I'm like, hmm, that's like... Hmm. hmm. That's What's the story here. Lesbicious behavior. <laughs> I, I just, I just need to know, Sylvester Yarrow, girl, is your mom fucking Lorna D quickly? Okay, I, I will say this. Um, Did Lorna, you fuck my mother, Santa Claus? No. I will say this. I think Lorna is a girl boss, but unlike many girl bosses, I um, her teeth really freak me out. She looks, and I, I. I, I can appreciate I can appreciate that she's very sexy, but to me I'm more just like afraid. Bestie. She did that on purpose, and it's like in Tempest Runner, you hear her like being like ah, as like the droid is like sharpening her fucking teeth. Yeah, um, I, something I would like to say about that also is like from a gender from a gender study um lens, um, male Twi'leks do sharpen their teeth in canon. That's something that they do. So when she does that, she is taking she is she's having her literal like girl boss, like I am going to assume the power that men have had over me in my life. Fuck you guys. Okay, in that case I redact my statement, girl boss Lorna, damn. I have not listened to Tempest Runner, nor did I know that male Twi'leks file their teeth, but like Chance that fucks actually. Okay, Shamsadula with filed teeth is really hateful. He canonically has has filed teeth. Does he cut that out? I don't want to be a fake fan. Holy shit. Cham, girl, you're insane. Look at that motherfucker's mouth. It's crazy. Hang on, I would also like to... Give me... me Pause the podcast. I need to look at Stop the podcast. We need to see Shamsadula's teeth revealed. Shamsadula teeth. Hey, Chim, can Google you buy me teeth picks? <laughs> That's why is this, they, they are they are filed. Yeah, they are filed. They're why sharp. Why would I lie? Why would no, I no, lie? No, 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 no. Okay. I'm just I'm just more upset that it's true. I can't see a single tooth. I'm literally like Bestie, if you just Google Chamson Dula teeth, why would I Google that comes out? <laughs> Even that my search history says Chamson Dula teeth is really making me go to a place. Okay, I don't see his teeth here. Oh, ew. Jam, girl. 
<laughs> That's cultural practice amongst Twi'leks. Fuck you. When that did happen in Tempest Runner, I did text Mel because we were both listening to it on the day it came out in like one sitting because we're insane. So I was like, hey, learn to do trans. Because someone, I think the way it was revealed was someone was like, your teeth are filed like a male Twi'lek. And she was like, fuck off. And that was before we saw that she had like chosen yeah. to do it herself I as think- an adult. And I was like, oh my God. I do Hello? believe it's in prison. That yeah, someone's like, like, what's the fuck up with your teeth? And she's like, fuck you. Oh, oh my god. Oh my god. I love Lorna D so much. I love Tempest Runner. That's like my favorite thing in the High Republic. I forgot. Anyways. Tempest Runner is one of the only things in Star Wars that made me cry just because of one thing. It's so stupid. I there is a gentleman named John in there. <laughs> John, I'm so god, sorry. I also imagine the gentleman from Succession, the main brother as John Winnick, so it's just always very funny to me when, when we talk about John. I feel like the only other thing that I really want to, like, point out is that Elzar Man fucks, which was, it's already oh. been said, but, like, it's so important that we, I, okay, I would also like to say the number of uh, characters in the High Republic that are canonically pretty, by which I mean other characters comment upon how nice they look. Funny that you bring that up because I was gonna bring up Xylan Graf because I think this is so hateful that he's so good looking. <laughs> I hate that motherfucker, but also having a comeback moment where I did like double like double back and look at his picture like huh? I do love Comac and Orla um gay uncle gay aunt solidarity i do just i love them i could talk about them honestly for 18 hours comac and orla are the main are like two of the main characters from into the dark and we have not seen them together again yet and it is hurting me i need a i need a reunion i will also say i was reading some high republic articles today just to kind of brush up make sure I was ready for this episode. Um, And in the StarWars.com article of like seven Jedi that you need to know for the High Republic, Stellan Geos, they go out of their way to say is handsome. Like in the article. I like Stellan Geos a lot. I like the the characters a lot. They're very fun. I think that like what Jess was kind of saying earlier is that there's kind of a character for everyone. Like there's People who, like, some things you'll relate to, some things you won't. And in the villains, what's cool is there's stuff you'll relate to, like, in the villains, but it's not in a way that makes you feel sympathetic for them. There are moments where I'm like, yeah, Martian Rose kind of going through it. And then I'm like, yeah, but he still, like, sucks. And I still, I hate him so much. One more, like, thing that I like that is, like, spoiler, spoiler territory. The, the manga, the High Republic manga, Edge of Balance, uh, there is only one volume out for that right now. But Lily... Girl, you're you're really cool and epic. You and your Padawan and the other Jedi's name, the the Wookiee. Yeah, Harkov, you're so cool. And just them having their fun little moment on the different planets. Stellan and that. There's sometimes where Stellan looked really good in that comic in the manga, and um, other times where I was just like, hmm, much to think about. What do you look like? <laughs> I like the little Togruta, like um, youngling too. Such a such a cute little lad, little kid. Sorry, gender. I'm trying to be gender neutral. I'm pretty sure they're a girl, but <laughs> little Tagruda. I forget your name because it's been a while since I read Edge of Balance, but you're very epic. It did make me miss Baby Soka, little Soka, if you will, very badly. Oh, little Soka. Hey. Also, the little birds, the little bird people. Oh yeah, 
But I was going to say, speaking of Lil Soka, here's the thing. Here's a character who I know for a fact is alive during the High Republic, given very young. When's Plo Koon going to be there? I want to see a little baby, little teen Plo Koon in his Padawan days. I would like to see it. Please, I'm begging. I'm still waiting for like Tarful. Like, Tarful, where are you? I know you're alive. You gotta be alive during this time period. You're fucking old as fuck. How old would Plo be during the during the higher public? Like two hundred. No, he wouldn't. Yeah. He's like four hundred he... years old in the Clone Wars. Is he? Is yeah. that legends or is I, that canon? I can't remember. Hold on, that, hold I on, because so. I'm gonna I check. Would... Yeah. Um because I'm pretty sure he's like two hundred thirty something. Oh, in, okay. We did this one time because we tried to convert between Kaldor years and and oh. years. It took us like an hour. We didn't figure it out. Um, I'm gonna feel so stupid if in Kaldor years he is 385. There we go. At the time that he dies, so approximately, and the High Republic is what 200 years prior, 250 like ish. Yeah, so he would be very, very, very young. I think it's actually 200 years exactly before is it? Uh, the Phantom uh, Menace because it's in 232. Okay. Oh, well, okay. Yeah. Then. 20 years between the Phantom Menace and when he dies. That makes him like, yeah, like about. He's still in his double digit years. Yeah, but we don't know how Keldor age. He could be a baby. He could also be a baby full-grown adult. Like baby I, Yoda. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assert that he would be somewhere between like. I think that he'd be somewhere between like Bell Zedifar age, like ish. But also, yeah, I don't know how Kaldorgers work. So maybe he could he, be in his 50s, but like that's being a teenager. We'll never know. Like, yeah, like Grogu. Yeah, but Grogu's like a baby baby. Okay, He's well, sort of sorry. The idea that Grogu would ever like sat in a little floating baby basket is making me feel insane. The idea of Bell Zetafar dragging around little baby Plo Koon. Plo Koon? Okay, 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 okay. Plo Koon as the eventual Padawan of Bell Zetafar. Okay, the the Bell oh. Zetafar, the Loden Great Storm to Plo Koon lineage is everything to me, first of all. Second of all, um... I said Bell Zetafar dragging around Plo Koon. No, I will stand by what I said. Uh, I've said on multiple occasions. The Din and Grogu parallels <laughs> to tie your again, baby Plo Koon. Oh my god. Ty, okay. Actually, the powerful concept is Ty York being like, well, I'm a little bit too Jedi adjacent and I'm like a bit of, a little bit too involved. Maybe I'll just like be a way seeker kind of. And then she's like, Oh my god, this little guy's epic, and she brings Plokum back to the temple. Okay, also just 26-year-old Ty York having to take the trials like an 18-year-old would is very funny to me. Not her being like, I took a gap year that ended up being a couple more years. A gap half a decade. What I do like too about the High Republic is sorry, um, something I really like about the High Republic is that Mandalore is just there and they're like, there's I think a line where they're like not sure who the Nihil are yet and they're like oh well what about Mandalore and someone's like Mandalorians haven't been at it for a little while they're just kind of hanging out so I do think that this is our opening for us to see Tarvisla and the creation of the Darksaber simply because I think it would be funny seeing that gentleman in the High Republic would also would be very funny to Didn't me we talk about Tarvisla in one of the rogue ones we did 
I hope Tarvislas just absolutely like gay and trans. I have I have one more thing to say and then I will be done. Just because um in terms of like epic moments in Star Wars, I am still not past the point in Light of the Jedi, the literal like first book of this, where they hold back that can of Tabana gas from going into the sun. I don't know what is so epic to me about that scene. Maybe it's that it's well-written or maybe it's just like a cool concept, but like nothing in Star Wars has quite stuck with me as like a moment at quite as much as them all participating in unison. And like the fact that some of them end up like dropping dead in the process and they're like, we just have to keep going. Like at that moment, I was like, oh damn, the Jedi can be really epic actually. (laughs) Like fuck the Jedi of the prequel era. I will say that that is like that's something we could talk about real quick is like our theories about where this story is going uh because we we do know that Starlight Beacon is going to get its shit rocked. We know for a fact there's an image of it. Um I think that there is something very powerful about the parallels of Avar Chris being the one to join them together for the Tabana gas to get fixed uh and then her passing away. Uh, so that's something I'm really scared of, um, and that's why I think she might pass away in the Fallen Star. Uh, once again, Fallen Star. Okay, I'm so sorry. You talked about Avar Chris dying. I did just have a moment where I'm like, okay, Avar Chris dies, Elzar Man goes into his Sith era because he's so upset, and Stellan is left to pick up the pieces, and he's like, ooh, uh-oh, because we have constantly been seeing that man deteriorating mentally and physically since the events of the Rising Storm. Like, Vernestra did comment on it. She was like, dang, Master Master Stellan looks like shit right now, but I've got my own stuff to deal with. Like, oh, I really... Oh my god, okay. Elzar goes to the dark side and Stellan's like, bestie, please come back. And he and Ty have to team up to save Elzar. That's how how Stelzar ends up getting fully canonized because Stellan saves him with the power of love. Uh, I did just and have a pa- horror. And Ty is like, I'm also here with the power of bestie ship. <laughs> so true. <laughs> she's she's like, hey, we have gay people solidarity, and that's way more important than whenever dumb crush you have on selling geos. <laughs> um, anyway, Mel, uh, a big personal what the fuck, because I just had a horrifying idea of how that could work. Uh, if you really want parallels, wouldn't it be interesting if Avar joins them all together to stop the Starlight Beacon from literally crashing out of the sky, and that's when she dies? So all of the Jedi have to experience it together at the same time. Anyways. Oh, ouchie. Um, Just because that's the way that the higher public's been running itself, especially with the recent comics, they were like, hey, the force is connective and that has some real fucking consequences. We also know the leveler is very very connective. Like the leveler connects people because we see in the higher public comics when Tarek and Keeve get hit with it, and even in in um the end of the rising storm when bell and loden get hit with it like they're connected and they're both kind of there in that moment together having kind of a little uh-oh moment okay i do think with like the leveler being connective tissue through the force i don't think it will ever be as strong as it was with uh Tarek and Sarah because they're like literally the same soul in two bodies however that does introduce the really terrifying and shit concept of somebody getting leveled while they're all connected and everybody has to be like, oh, fuck. Because, like, okay, the creepiest thing about the leveler, like, from a force perspective, is the way that everybody who is around it describes it, not as, like, an explosion, just, like, an emptiness. Like, in Trial of Shadows, they're like, it wasn't even that, like, he died. There's nothing there. There's, like, a negative force 
in the field that is the forest after Loden is destroyed by it. Like, so the idea that that's happening to, and that's the other thing, okay, the Jedi, even in the prequel era, they might like die in battle, but like otherwise, power wise, they're untouchable. The force is something you can't lose, but like bitches are losing it left and right. Fucking Skier is like, hey, my trauma is literally causing the force to recede from my body. Like that's a lot. And that, that makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, we have talked about like the leveler being he levels connection because connection is what is what binds us together, you know, um, in the same way that the force does. So I just uh, head full, many thoughts. Hmm. Also, um, in that article that came out with the the character, the character lore drop uh, <laughs> for um, uh, mission to disaster. Um, they do mention that Dalna, which is the planet Honesty Weft is from, um, from A Test of Courage, uh, they mention it because that's, I don't know, I just have a fear that Starlight Beacon is gonna get its shit rocked and something's gonna happen to that planet of Dalna and that is going to influence things in the future. Uh, and that frightens me very badly. Is this this next wave of the higher public that's coming out? This is like the conclusion to like group one of all of this stuff, right? Yeah. So it's it gonna be in three phases. Phase one is Light of the Jedi. Um, phase two is uh, I think Trial, no, Quest of the Jedi, and then the third uh, phase is Trials of the Jedi. So that's not ominous. That's not suspicious. I do think that there might be a time jump in between, um, like a significant time jump between the two phases, uh, simply because I just, they have so much time to cover. Um, they have up until, I would say, Craig Dooku's kind of deal in uh, 89 ABY, I believe, because um, he's at the tail end of the High Republic. Uh, also, fun other thing, um, uh, Dooku Jedi Lost, which is a audiobook I will be listening to next week, um, does mention one Keeve Trennis as a Jedi who is fallen, who left the Order. Ah! Yeah, that's one of my things is it's like, oh, well, if they're mentioned, they have plot armor. I'm like, literally, Keeve gets mentioned and Yoda's like, hmm, failed her, we did. And I'm like, uh-oh, something's gonna happen to that bestie. Because <laughs> she's literally in the Hall of the Lost. I'm like, bestie, that's no good. Yeah, that's, um... That's quite bad vibes. It's not very fun. I would just like to say, from the bottom of my heart, can Belle Zetafar have a fucking break? Please. That's actually my thesis statement for this episode. So true, bestie. Like, let that man rest. I'm fucking begging you. Even if, like, the first couple things in the next wave of the higher public, all, they're, like, he's not in them at all. They're just like, Belle is taking a much-needed rest break, and he's in bed. Great. So, so fun fact, um, him and Elzarman are likely in the shock ward currently together. Um, another character who I believe will be joining that kind of uh mental hospital squad is Keith Trennis. Not the mental the hospital mental- <laughs> The idea that like that like Elzar I, I love the idea of Elzar meeting up with Keith and Bell and being like, I need to be a good dad to these kids that are fucking traumatized. I just, something that I do think would be very powerful is those that group of buddies because keeve and keeve we're not entirely sure my guess is like she's in her like early 20s like maybe like 2021 20, 22 kind of age um and bell we know is like 19 ish 
and Elzar is like 35. So I think the idea of them being friends is very powerful because he's like, hey guys. And they're like, oh, is this like your, your like babysitter? Is this like your uncle or whatever? And they're like, no, that's Elzar. He's just our friend. <laughs> he's like, hey, <laughs> he's just like hanging out with the other kids. And he's like, so what do you guys do for fun? And they're not like, we just hello, watch TikToks. Literally, but he's not like trying to like fit in. He's just like a guy. <laughs> So, we're going to have a fun little segment here this episode called, I don't know what we're going to call it. I guess what, what what it's called in the agenda is jobs that High Republic Jedi would have if they were not in the order. Um, would anyone like to start? I will go ahead. Um, the Jedi that I have brought to the table today is Orla Jereni. And I imagine that this will work as all of it. Like, I will say what I have already thought of and then we can kind of debate on it. My thing about Orla Jereni is that she's very much like she kind of wants to do her own thing, but she's also feels very stuck. So what I think would be very funny is her being like a middle manager of like a McDonald's. Like, I feel like she has like some sort of customer service job where she's like higher up, but she's not like the CEO or anything. And she's like, I want to, I really want to quit, but I don't know what I would do if I, if I do. And Comac's like, wow, that sucks in his nine to five that he likes. So I I agree with you, except for I don't think it's a McDonald's. I do think she's a hiring manager at like an Old Navy. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so, uh, she looks like every, no offense to people. This is actually honorary. People who've worked at Old Navy. People who survived I, Old Navy. I survived does. Old Navy. The idea of Orla having to pull out a customer service voice, but not just any customer service voice, an Old Navy customer service voice. Having to sell a credit card, Orla Jereni. Orla Jereni Would you like asks, to put in your membership number for a discount? Thank you. POV Orla Jereni asks for my social security number. I'd give it to her. Would you give it to her? Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. No, not even in question. She is... I like I, the idea that she's like, she's not even actually middle management of this place. She's just some lady. And she's like, can I have your social security number? And you're like, yeah. Absolutely, I would. No, whatever. Whatever she asks for me, I would give it to her. I can go next. Um, I think that Reith Silas. Um, so Reith is in this weird position where he is like, I think, I think he's fine. Like he's, I think he's finally like seventeen, maybe eighteen, because I know he started like sixteen years old in Into the Dark. Anyways, he's like just about like a college age adult. Um, so I like to think of him. I feel like he is the type to have an unpaid internship. Uh, I feel like he is like a, a, either an archaeology or anthropology major at his his university and is like, oh, like, this is a really great opportunity. Realizes an unpaid inter- internship with like fucking Comac or whatever. He's like, fuck. So he also is like, <laughs> he also works at like a Jamba Juice. Jamba Juice Silas is everything to me. Reed Silas works at the cafe, the, like the student run cafe that pays like $1.95 an hour. It's so funny you brought up, like, Wreath doing, like, an unpaid internship because that's also what I was thinking because I picked Vern, my my bestie Vern, but I think that she'd also, like, be, like, some kind of, um like, president of, like, some kind of, like, student association, <laughs> but also be, like, a, a babysitter on the side. Like, she's just working all these, like, jobs because she is an epic girl boss who's winning she's fully that girl in your in your lecture that you look over and you're like hey are you doing okay and she just looks directly back at you and you're like okay thank you for your <laughs> response. 
she also gives me the vibe of someone who like graduated high school at like 15 or 16 so like she is she's almost done with college and is just becoming an adult so she's like yeah i still can't drink um i technically couldn't get a job on campus because i wasn't 18 until this year so uh okay she is the person who like when you go to community college um you're in a class and the person who sits down next to you you're like kind of chatting and you're like yeah so what year are you and they're like oh i'm actually a, a junior in high school i'm here for credits and you're like oh okay and they're like yeah i've already been accepted to like harvard or something i'm just here getting some credits before i graduate high school that's Vernestra. the jedi that i have brought to the table is elzar man and I'm not going to lie, for a hot second, all I could think of was him working at someplace like Femboy Hooters. And that was all I could think of. <laughs> however, I hate you. <laughs> however, however, I do have a serious answer. Uh, I like the idea of him working at like a very up and coming winery. Like he's the guy who runs the tasting room because <laughs> I don't know how to communicate this. I think he's a connoisseur of white wine. I can just see that for him. As someone who has been a barista, Elzar Mann has very big barista energy. And I just, because like, but he's very well-meaning about it. Like he's way too peppy at nine in the morning when customers come by and he's he means that he's excited, whereas I'd be lying about it. Okay, Elzar being a barista, this is my AU. Um, he's like the like the oldest person who works there who's not the manager so it's like and I think even the manager might be younger than him the manager okay the manager is Ty (laughs) Elzar is a barista and um I think uh this is how my trauma award AU carries over because the idea of him Bell and (laughs) Keith working there and Elzar's just their he's like their work friend who he's like so what do you guys do outside of here and they're like go to college and he's like oh Okay. I go home okay. and drink beer. Also, the idea of <laughs> the idea of Kiev, Bell, and Elzar all working at this Schmarbucks. Just the idea of Elzar man, they're like at lunch or whatever, and he's like, So do y'all want me to like buy you beer or something? And Bell's like, No, what? <laughs> he's that audio that's like, What do you do you want a beer? He's four. I don't know what to do with him. But that's Bell to himself. He's like, Hey, I'm a kid. You can't buy me beer. Do you know how disappointed my dad would be if I drank beer right now? And Elzar's like, damn, sorry. Okay, also, I do believe that Loden Greatstorm is the type to, like, like during, like, a holiday, he's like, Belle, would you like a drink of my wine? I'm gonna say something problematic, but I do think that Loden is, like, um, Amy Poehler from Mean Girls. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking, too. Like, Like, I do like like the regular dads. I'm a cool dad. I am a cool dad. If you drink, as long as you do it in the house loading like having fake tits is a lot to deal with <laughs> new gender dropped loading great storms boob job the idea of like because i feel like bella is the type of kid where loading's like do you want some of this wine and he's like no i do not <laughs> do you guys think that wreath silas would drink alcohol if it was offered to him by his master what are your thoughts do you think if comac was like no here have some of this do you think he would say yes okay, i think he would no. say no so here's the thing i do feel like i did babysit a child one time and it was like 7 30 and i was like okay what time like what time do you go to bed and i had asked like earlier and she's like i'll go to bed around 7 30 at like 7 15 that night we were just hanging out and she goes i need to go get ready for bed my bedtime's in a couple minutes i feel like that's like wreath 
like re- like Jora was like that okay Reed, like do whatever you want and he's like I need to go to bed right now it's my bedtime and Comac then inherits him as a Padawan and Reed is like uh, it's my bedtime and he's like it's 8 p.m and you're almost an adult you're going to bed now and he's like it's my bedtime what do you mean he's like do you stay up later on the weekends or something <laughs> like no I actually go to bed earlier um I want to be ready for Sunday morning cartoons also concept Reed Silas wearing um, engraved pajamas. Just an RS. He would so have monogram pajamas. Oh my god. Okay, like engraved also- pajamas. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Also concept, you guys know how like at Walmart they have like pajama sets of like different TV shows. He fully has those. I just know it. Do you guys think Reed Silas watches Family Guy? I think he watched a few episodes and then he like made a joke or a reference to Vern and she was like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, oh, it's stupid. Never mind. He, never <laughs> he was like, like watches it again. He was like, yeah, I really, you know, it's just like Lois. And she's like, who's Lois? And he's like, oh, oh no. Do you guys, do you guys think that, uh, what, what higher public characters do you think watch and enjoy South Park? Wrong answers only. <laughs> Panada. I also think that gentleman who the the little guy who has the big suit whose name I do, yeah, I feel like all of the men of the Nihil except for Marcia and Ro watch South Park together. Let's get into another segment that we love: Criff Nabu honeymoon decapitate. Mine's pretty like um vanilla. Mine is everyone's favorite higher public polycule, the Firebrands. So that includes Avar Chris, Stellan Geos, and Elzar Man. Okay. Uh, not to shoot from the hip here. So unfortunately, first of all, Avar girl, you gotta go. Uh, I am only attracted to men. So I'm like the other two cat. I think that I would lead a very happy life with her, but given the other two options, I will not be doing that. So I am going to have to decapitate Avar. I'm sure she'd understand. She's an ally. Here's where it's complicated because. Elzar is the man that I would want to bang, but I feel like Stellan is the one that I would actually want to like Nabu honeymoon with. So those, I feel like that's a pretty like understandable choice for me, pretty predictable one, but it's the truth. I'm going to criff Elzar and I'm going to marry Stellan. However, as an addendum, because these characters are in a polycule, by marrying Stellan, I have also, by extension, married Elzar Man. <laughs> I know I actually have the same answers as you. Uh, I love Avar Chris, but uh, I Stellan Geos does like um, occupy a good space of my High Republic like brain, like, <laughs> and then um, Elzar. I I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I know Elzar and Avar are two characters that have canonically have fucked. I don't know about like Stellan, but but like um they've spoilers they have fucked each other, but they have also like those you know have fucked. So I know Elzar probably knows something about what he's doing. <laughs> Not that Avar wouldn't. I just uh, I don't know. I'm sorry. Hmm. I wish I didn't have to kill Avar. <laughs> Can we at least all be happy in the polycule for a bit before, like, we have to... I feel like that would make it worse. Salt in the wound. I mean, I think you just have to do it. Just rip off the band-aid. Pull the trigger. Wow, this is... That's the first time I wasn't, like, like, Naboo honeymooning someone because I wanted something from them. You did it out of love. (laughs) Oh my god, this is, like, a Disney moment. Character growth. I'm gonna marry Avar Chris. 
I love that woman. Um, and I just feel like we could settle down on Naboo. Sorry, Elzar, I'm taking your dream. I'm also killing you, so sorry. So sorry, bestie. I just... It's not that I don't like Elzar, because I do really like Elzar. I think even out of the three of them, he may be my favorite. But I feel like I would just be afraid to have sexual relations with that man. Um, And I think the idea of pegging Stellan Geos is very funny, so... You know what, Mel? My answer is exactly the same for the exact same reason. Because I was also I, thinking, like, I was like, oh, Elzar, Stellan, between that. But I'm like, it would be so much funnier to peg Stellan. Um, that being said, um, I feel like Stellan's also G and C as fuck. So I'm like, I can I can work with that. I'm marrying Avar, no question. Elzar, I love you as a character. I do worry that if I were to meet you in real life, I would find you somewhat annoying. <laughs> I am ready to present my options. It is Nihil themed, just um, as, a, as a warning. Mel, you're not going to be as happy as you think you are. Uh, your options are for Criff, Nabu, Honeymoon, Decapitate, Martian Rowe, Kasav, or Panita. I have my answer immediately. Jesus, um, I'm, I'm, cr- I'm Criffing Panita. I'm Nabu, Honeymoon, <laughs> with Kasav. And I'm killing Marcian Rowe. You were so ready for that. I have an answer. It's, it's like not, right away too. It's not hard. Mine's are I'm killing Panada. I'm sorry, decapitating Panada. I'm unfortunately criffing Kasav, and I am Nabu honeymooning Marcian Rowe. <laughs> Holy shit! Okay, I love this. <laughs> this is the most like variety we've had of opinion. I am marrying Panada. I love that fancy lad. I'm fucking the shit out of Marcian Rowe. <laughs> I think it, once again, is very funny, the idea of pegging that gentleman. And then I am killing Cassive because fuck that dude. Um, okay, so Mel and I actually have the same answer. Um, my reasoning, by the way, for murdering Kasav is just that I think he'd be fucking annoying to spend any more than like five minutes with. Well, okay, okay, okay. Say, like as someone who's choosing, this? as someone who's choosing to marry him, I agree one hundred percent. But very similarly, as I did say in a rogue once, if I had to be in one like Nihil storm, it would be Kasav's because I feel like I could micromanage his life because he's kind of out of control. So I feel like he wouldn't be able. Like I would just like show up and be like, okay. I am going to appropriate your wealth and you can just go sit over there and do your thing. Okay. I think I'd just be like super like drunk out of my mind when it like happened. So like, you know. Also, Panita, I... he he there's enough crossover. I could pretend he's ninth sister. <laughs> Get my son tied out of here. Uh okay. But I, I, I need to ask this question. What do we think would be on Kasav's sex playlist? Life is because... a highway. Just <laughs> yeah, that, like looped. Not I, life is a highway. By, specifically by Rascal Flats, not like any other, not like the actual life is a. It's life is a it's highway. Life is a highway, Flats. and it's by Rascal Flats. But the song that he's added is from the Cars soundtrack. Oh, absolutely, yeah, c- correct. That's okay. the thumbnail. May I also just say that I think he also has an acoustic cover of Pony by Genuine. It's like Russian roulette. He has like. He has like 30 versions of the of Life is a Highway from the Cars soundtrack and then one of that. No, because here's my proposal. It's the Cars, it's the Cars soundtrack. Like every song played in Cars is on the sex playlist. And then randomly, Moon Song by Phoebe Bridgers. <laughs> so he just stops in the middle and starts crying until the song is over. And then he's like, cool, we're good to go. And Life is a Highway plays again. <laughs> I could see him having one version of Prima Donna 
by um, Marina and the Diamonds on there. That's and so I think, fucking funny. <laughs> I just, I could see him being like, okay, wait, stop, hold on. We need to take a break and listen to this song. Sav is the guy that has a sex playlist, but he will stop every song to be like, do you know this one? You probably don't know this one. It's pretty underground. But yeah. there's just Katy Perry's Dark Horse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to the lesbians out there, but this is All Men Again. But uh, it is canonical um, pretty boys in the High Republic. So Xylan Graf. Comac, Vitus, and Elzar Man. Ooh, this is, I feel, here's the thing. I feel like, again, I have an answer pretty quickly. Um, I think I would have to kill Xylan Graf. I'm sorry. I just don't have that deep of a connection to you. You are very pretty, though. Um, I would peg Elzar Man. I wouldn't just crip him. I, w- I would peg him specifically. Um, and I think I would. I wouldn't have a honeymoon with with Comac. I feel like we have a lot in common. I have the exact same answer um Elzer man I love you I find you very fuckable however I do think that spending like more than six consecutive days with him I'd be like okay I'm over it like you're attractive but girl shut up at what cost no literally whereas like with Comac I don't know we could get tea and sit in a library together and I would I would be here for that life I would honestly not to be problematic but I would I would make pancakes for Reese like yeah like I, okay. I feel like I could be like his stay-at-home spouse. Like I'd be his trad wife. The idea of of me and Comac hanging out, and then I have to go up to Reese and being like, "I'm not trying to be a, your new dad. I'm just really in love with your father. So I'm gonna be spending more time with him." Oh my god, I do like like um uh, like <laughs> like uh, Comac's like, can you go pick up Reese from soccer practice? I will say, um, I have the same exact answer. I'm killing Xylan. Sorry, you hurt my lesbians. Fuck off. He didn't even hurt them, but you're still a bitch. I, sir, go fuck yourself. Pegging the shit out of Elzar Man, Obvi, and then marrying Comac. Okay. So, I don't have the same answer as you all. Um, okay. In a shocking twist to, like, really no one, I'm back in my my gold digging era because I am going to Naboo honeymoon Xylan Graf because uh, I want his money. <laughs> also, he's just very handsome. So I could be like, look at my, um, my trophy husband. Although it's not really, he's, he's not really a trophy husband because he is the breadwinner, I guess. He's just the, the pretty. He's the not pretty the breadwinner. He just was born into generational wealth. Yeah, that's true. But I'm gonna take all of his money, so it doesn't matter. Um, and then here is an even more shocking thing: of I am criffing Comac Vitus because I don't know something about a Delph just hits different. <laughs> Sorry, Reese, I'm pegging your dad. And, um, Can I have that on a T-shirt? <laughs> hey, I do think I do think one of our points of interest in an earlier episode was yeah <laughs> I'm sorry, fucking I your dad. So, sorry i fucked your dad Reed Silence. and uh, yeah i am unfortunately decapitating elzar i love elzar you're very cool i do can you i have okay. to kill you okay i an image came to me while you were describing that of like 
Jess is a Sith and discovers the secret to immortality, but instead of using it to like pursue world-ending goals, they just keep ending up with very rich men and divorcing yeah. them for all of their money. And like by the time of like the prequel and originals era, a lot of people are like, I've heard this legend of like a Sith Lord that discovered immortality, and Jess is like sweating, like, I've never heard of that. Yes, <laughs> anyway, Darth Plagueis you the wise. Crowdfund me getting one of those really elaborate fancy robes that like rich widows wear and they're just like oh no my my husband has passed away uh, that sucks Jess waltzing down the stairs that's my Sith robe it's just a black version of one of those robes. no okay but literally just waltzing down the stairs of their imperial manor in that outfit being like oh my god he passed away mysteriously Orson Krennic found dead that's quite sad Orson <laughs> Krennic we you all know, know why. why. <laughs> and for the finale of uh, Criff uh, Nabu Honeymoon Decapitate High Republic Edition, I am bringing, I'm bringing the heat. I'm bringing the ants. So, <clears throat> Criff Nabu Honeymoon Decapitate Lorna D, Indira Stokes, Orla Jereni. Okay, I have my answer. I right off the bat, Lorna girl, you inspire me, but you scare me. So unfortunately, you are getting immediately decapitated. Um. I am going to marry Indira Stokes. I feel like she'd be a really cool person to spend like the rest of my life with. Uh, and I also like, it would be Orla, except for personally, I just, Indira, girly, powerful. That said, I do feel like Orla would be the absolute best person to have like a one night stand with. And I feel like she'd be totally cool about it. So that's my answer for that. I have settled. I do like that you were like, I'm bringing the heat. And I was like, cool, I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay, so... Mines, I am also unfortunately um, decapitating Lorna. You're very epic, but also, yeah, you scare me, and I, I can't deal with that, so you have to die. <laughs> I think I would criff Indira because she, she seems nice. She seems like she also wouldn't like make a big deal out of it. And then we could all like hang out, have breakfast the next day with like the rest of like like Loden and Bell. Just like, why are you here? You know, just hanging out. <laughs> um, and then I am gonna Naboo honeymoon Orla Jereni because she's very epic and cool, and we could go on her um, like fun little wayseeker adventures together and hold hands. Orla Jereni, I'm free. Uh, <laughs> Well, not tomorrow anymore. I have work tomorrow, but... This is so much easier when it's all men, because I can just kind of be like, whatever. Now I actually care. Um, I think for sure, I'm for the reasons that Jess listed, I'm going to Naboo Honeymoon Orla, because I am deeply in love with her. I have been. I always will be. I just think she's so beautiful. She's everything to me. Here's where it starts. It does get difficult, because I do think Lorna is very pretty. I love her. She's an eyebrow piercing which is very scary and very intimidating and I'm like hey girly and she has a very cool voice I'm like uh she's just so epic but I also okay also though I am afraid she would bite me with her very sharp teeth so I think that that would that uh, Indira would never and Indira is also a MILF um I guess Lorna could be considered a MILF from a certain point of view but I don't think she has that special something that Indira has namely a child (laughs) so I think I will be um, criffing Indira 
and unfortunately decap not against my will i will be decapitating lorna d um so yeah unfortunately lorna is passing away um i i respect her so much i love her she's honestly one of my favorite star wars characters but like the idea of having sexual relations with that woman that's a (laughs) i just scary orla i think i'm going to criff um I think once again, like Noah said, she'd be chill about it. And then Indira, I would like to marry her because she's a beautiful woman. I'm obsessed with her mind. And um, also, I cannot wait to be Belle Zetafar's step-parent. Let's get into it. Welcome to Name That Ship. This is our favorite segment. Uh, It involves one of us bringing a fanfiction to the table, and we will read the tags, the description, the title. And the other podcast hosts will have to guess who the main ship of this fic is, I have actually brought two today. Um, the first one that I'm going to do um, was sent in by a listener on TikTok, at Cloudy and Gay. Um, yeah, let's let's go ahead. Let's get into it. This one's actually like very powerful, too. Like I'm actually very interested in this one. It is rated uh, general audiences. It is relationships are... It's a lot of like... Let me see how I can say this. Okay. It's character A slash character B. Then it's Boba Fett and character B. Boba Fett and character A. Character A and character B. Character B and Ahsoka Tano. This one's going to give it away, so I'm not going to say it. Jango Fett and character A. Boba Fett and Aura Singh. <laughs> Boba Fett and clones. And... The, was it Ahsoka Tano and a character or slash? It was Ahsoka T- Tano and character B. So character B is Plo Koon. Character B is Plo Koon, correct. Um, so the characters are Boba Fett, Plo Koon, character B. Character A, Wolf, Sinker, Boost. Um, original Clone Troopers, 104th Battalion slash Wolf Pack, and Aura Singh. The tags are good parent Plo Koon, adoption, chaotic parenting. What if Star Wars, if not DILFs preserving? <laughs> no beta. Clone Wars, alternate universe Canada divergence. Uh, episode, season two, episode 22, lethal trackdown. Good parent Django Fett. Orison is the worst. Childhood trauma, family bonding, two fathers, dads in love, LOL, how do I tag? Found family, Mandoa use poorly, clones, the clones speak Mandoa, Mandoa language, Mandalorian culture, established relationship, Duolingo Mandoa, Boba accidentally saves the universe, Boba Fett needs a hug, let Boba say fuck, hurt slash comfort, parental Plo Koon. Is this Hondo Anaka slash Plo Koon? It is Hondo Anaka slash Plo Koon. Thank you. They're co-parenting Boba Fett, which is literally- It's everything. I'm obsessed with this. Okay, is my brain on like a different wavelength than y'all? Because I watched Mel like physically react to this while I was sitting here <laughs> being like, who the fuck is the other person in this goddamn fic? Yeah, do you guys want to hear the summary? Instead of sending Boba to space jail, Plo Koon sees an opportunity to take another abandoned child under his wing. He might have just accidentally saved the galaxy as Boba Fett won't go quietly and Hondo Onaka is there to make everything more complicated. So this is so nasty. i'm so into this, this is and everything men, to me. and i love that no it's so powerful Not i'm actually two and a half men get out <laughs> so this one's two ships and again i'm i'm very interested in this like the premise is very interesting to me it is rated emperor mature the relationships are character a slash character b and then 
two other characters, character C slash character D. So there's two ships in this. The characters are character A, character B, character C, character D, Leia Organa, Luke Skywalker, uh, Trilla Siduri, your second sister, Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader, um, Faye Star Wars. I don't know if that's an original character. That might be, but cool. Uh, John Antilles. Additional tags, time skips, alternate universe, canon divergence, pining, angst of the happy ending, order 66, hurt comfort, my, uh, mind control, shatter points, force sensitive character A, romance, adventure and romance, time travel, fixative sorts. Fellas, is it gay to dress your general in your own armor? So one of these characters is a clone. Yes. Is one of I will... rats? No. Is, is it Cody one, one of the ships? Cody is there, but it is not Cody one. Cody is, it, is character A. Is it two men? It is two men. Cody and Quinlan. No, but it is Cody and another Jedi. Is it Mace Windu? It is. Cody and Mace Windu is the first ship. Oh. There's also okay. another another ship. Okay, is the other ship a Jedi and clone relationship? Sort of. One is definitely a clone, and one is kind of a Jedi. What do you mean kind of a... Uh... Um, there are... Okay, <laughs> wait. wait. No, it's no, no, not no, Django. No, no, no. no this character... one is a clone, and then like the other person's clone. like, yeah, they were a member of a battalion. Um, wolf. No, Are but they the other person I would say is a Jedi, but there's no reason for these two people to have met ever. Um, oh wait, okay. time wait, skip. So... Very important here. Oh, Ezra oh. Bridger. It's not. No, it's. The, Are they right? Or the, the other way. No. High Republic character. We have not seen them in the High Republic. Plo Koon? It's not Plo Koon. Is it Yoda? No. We've seen Yarl Yoda Poof. In the No. Do you guys want to try to guess the clone first? I feel like that might be easier. Is it... Uh, is it... No, it's not Rex, right? Rex isn't here. It's not Rex. This is not a clone commander. This is just a member of a battalion. Is I don't this know. Fives? It's not Fives. Is it... Sinker. <laughs> it's not Sinker. Is, is it a member of the T-12? Oh, T-12? Yeah. Waxer? It's Waxer. Oh yeah, okay. it's wax. Waxer and someone. Hmm. Yeah, I'm a Gundy. I don't know. Who this is. is this also a gay relationship? Yes. And the time skip. Luke this Skywalker? person? No, this person is from a long time ago. Tarvisla? It's Tarvisla slash Waxer. Much to think so, about. I have so, so many. Okay. Okay. So let me let me read the summary. Um, when Mace joins the 212th on a dangerous world, it's meant to help them end the campaign there more quickly, but his presence there sets in motion something that started a thousand years ago and won't be stopped so easily. So is it like a ghost? I, I don't know, but I'm like, I, I have not been able to stop thinking about this. Like, I'm just like, this is... Now that I've said the word ghost Tarvisla, I am just imagining, you know, the movie Ghost and the scene with the pottery? <laughs> I am imagining that, but... Tarvisla and fucking Waxer. Yeah, Tarvisla becomes Numa's stepdad. Okay, wait, okay, wait, okay, wait, okay, wait. If this is the movie Ghost, who is Whoopi Goldberg's character? Um, is the psychic. Obi-Wan Kenobi. I, I need you to... Um... Okay, have we all seen Ghost here? Yes, okay. that's like one of my favorite movies. I'm just making sure because now what I want you to picture is the scene where they're <laughs> in the restaurant and she like stands up and is like, he says ditto, but that's Obi-Wan Kenobi talking about ghost Tarvisla <laughs> to Waxer. <laughs> He's like, Waxer, 
can you come to my office for something really fast? I swear it's like not that big of a deal. And he's like, yeah, what's up? And he's like, so there is this ghost that's in love with you. And he's like, okay. I just think that's very powerful. Good for Waxer. He said, I'm pulling. Wow. The idea, okay, I'm so sorry. I did just think of the idea of um, Sabine, ta- like after like knowing all about this stuff about Mandalore and talking to Rex about it and being like, yeah, Tarvisla was the first person who held the Darksaber. And Rex was like, oh my God, one of my brothers was was his boyfriend for a while and she's like huh okay, being just being like um no offense Rex that doesn't make any fucking sense thank you so much for joining us this week for Rupalp's pod race episodes usually drop on Sundays for updates Star Wars news and more cursed shit follow us on social media at Rupalp's pod race on Twitter Instagram and TikTok if you really love the show please rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts even if you don't use that as your podcatcher as we approach the release of Lesser Evil, we're going to celebrate with some hashtag Throntent. Uh, so make sure to send us some questions on TikTok. Uh, tweet at us, DM us on Instagram, or send us an email at rupehelpspodrace at gmail.com with your Thrawn-related questions. May the Force be with you, and don't griff it up. Waka waka. Waka waka. For light and waka waka. <laughs> For waka waka and life. <laughs>